Welcome back to the Booked and Boozy podcast. This is your co-host Jada and Brooke. And today there is still no air. No air. air. Oh, no air. Yeah. Because we have been podcasting for two hours already. If you're new here, part one. Part one is where we get drunk. Part two is where we get drunker. We record these podcast episodes all in one go. That's five hours of Brooke time, Jada drunkness. Okay. And we have still yet to find how this episode is in regards to House of Sky and Breath. Because there's there's no breath. breath. There, there is only water. <laughs> <laughs> where's the lie though <laughs> yeah uh brooke how drunk um, are you uh you know somewhere between me saying that i'm like a three i was somehow went back up to like a five <laughs> well i need to get there i need to get there because i'm like a two i'm sitting at a two i need to be a five and i've already i've had like a piece of a case of it too i'm like how did that how does that work like that feels like the opposite it feels like the opposite effect (laughs) (laughs) it should have brought me lower and instead i'm like higher i don't know how that works but here we are bro Um, it's because what you're drinking it's all about what you're drinking yeah what you need is some blue flame i i i had it i don't want it i'm telling you i will never drink it again i will drink this (laughs) shot because i paid three dollars for a single shot of this but after that never again you should make brad drink it uh that would be fun and i would but he's sick oh yeah i mean yeah you know you know what they used to say though before modern medicine you know i'm not talking like a two i'm talking like a four (laughs) yeah you are They say a shot a day keeps the doctor away. That's what Brad would say too, but he's had some Dayquil, which has Tylenol in it. So mm-hmm. as a good nurse wife, I'm not going to make him drink <laughs> alcohol with Tylenol. <laughs> so with that one shot of blue flame that I've been nursing for the last two and a half hours, I am also drinking Old Smoky Moonshine Lemon Drop. Just as a refresher, we are drinking, you know, it was six... Now it's seven shots of moonshine because of all the theories we got correct from our Bookaholics Anonymous episode. So we are here to give you a very drinky episode. Brooke and Jada Moonshine, here we go. We know that this is what you guys want. This is what you guys ask for. We are delivering. So here it is. Jada, which flavor of moonshine are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking blackberry. It's the same shit that I was drinking last time. And I have half left. Actually, I have less than that left now. And she's had it for like a year and it's very fermented. So it's it it do be strong. I can put it across the room and still smell it from the jar. No. <laughs> Is that good to be consuming in my body? No. But like, like, are you good? Like, is there like fungus in there? Like, I don't think fungus can grow in alcohol, but like, are you good? Like, is it safe? Moonshine's not safe. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the shit, like the real shit is definitely not safe. What no, you're drinking, not safe. It's the closest you'll, you ever need to get to the real shit. If this is not even comparable to the real shit, I never want to taste the real shit. It's literally yeah. like someone pours acid like straight down your throat. Well, that's what it already feels like because I have GERD. <laughs> 
Yeah. How's that so going? Literally How's penetrate going? my esophagus. Yeah. Remember how we were talking about how like I threw up like 22 times because like, you know, I was on the verge of having alcohol poisoning. <gasps> did you have real moonshine? No, this was like over the, Chris- the Christmas party. But oh, yeah, I know. But did you have real moonshine? No, I didn't have moonshine. I had like tequila and vodka and something else. Yeah. Where I thought I ripped my esophagus, like that's where the blue flame hit and like weaken the walls oh for sure i should not be drinking (laughs) (laughs) i to my defense if you weren't here for episode one i thought it was gonna taste blue i thought it was gonna taste like blueberries i was very excited for it i was gonna buy a whole bottle of this shit and i was excited i i saw the 64 percent alcohol and i was like is 64% alcohol and it tastes like blue? I'm gonna buy the shit, but not for tonight because I cannot drink six shots of 64% alcohol and live to see the next day. (laughs) (laughs) It does not taste blue. It makes me want to cry. Just be glad you didn't get the whole thing. No, I am. I'm thankful. I'm glad that I tried the shot first, for sure. Speaking of shots, guess what? What? It's time for another one. Shut the fuck. Yes, it is. It's time. Why am I climbing? I'm eating and I'm climbing. (laughs) Should I just take the shot for us? Nope, I'm going to go with you because that's what we we told the audience we would do. And I'm not a little bitch. (laughs) Okay. I feel like I need a full and I have a half shot. I've had six shots almost. This will be the the five and a half. No, this is five. Okay. So since we are to this point, I would like to go ahead and read to you as the audience of why we are taking these shots. Yeah. I mentioned last episode that we take shots. We take the same number of shots as to the same number of theories we got correct in our Bookaholics Anon podcast. We did not, however, disclose to you which theories we got correct. So I'm going to read those to you now. And these are some of our listener theories. So if we agreed with your theory, we are taking a shot in respect to you and your correct theory. So we are taking five and a half shots. I think we ended up taking six and a half because I added one in there. (laughs) 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 Because I forgot the theory that I made that was kind of half correct. Number one, the Northern Rift is when all the veneer come to Crescent City from Agatar and Throne of Glass. That was 100% spot on. And in the episode, we were like, we don't remember what the Northern Rift is. And we completely... skipped your theory but we included it in the episode and you were correct and by golly here you go i don't know why i said by golly i'm kind of drunk okay (laughs) i'm scared (laughs) for you to actually take a shot are you sure yeah i've got like three burritos in front of me it's totally fine (laughs) (laughs) number two reese and rune came from the same bloodline number three akatar and crescent city are happening at the same time number four Four, the three book series may join forces. <laughs> Automatic shot. <laughs> <laughs> Number five, Bryce's tattoo is a word key and allows her to walk through worlds. She obvi does that. Number six, Fury is Amran slash Fury has a twin. And if you've read to the end. If you, you have not read to the end, what are you doing here? <laughs> 
You know like, better than that. For you at this point, this is your own damn fault. We've been warning you since the first episode. Please don't be here if you have not read till the end. We don't want to spoil anything for you, but if you are here, I'm so sorry. It's your own fault. <laughs> <laughs> You ready, Chica? Uh, fuck. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> okay, let me pour. You don't have to do a full one. You can do happy. I did a 75%. Okay, that's... Okay, ready? Ready. Three, two, two one. one. On the, um, on the bottle, it says shine responsibly. <laughs> <laughs> this is so appropriate. It's so appropriate. Shine responsibly. Shine bright like a diamond. Shine bright like a diamond. We're very irresponsible. I feel like we should have, have a disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. We are two very irresponsible very very mentally ill adults <laughs> no we do not make good decisions hence the podcast well we drink and read to cope okay <laughs> fuck off <laughs> okay moving into the poll jd do you want to read your poll i will read my poll i wanted to know which book would you rather have released next in the series even though it doesn't matter it is ultimately up to SJM, and apparently she has chose Crescent City. 51% of people voted for Crescent City, and 49% voted for Akatar. So essentially, it is neck and neck. Yeah, that is so close. <laughs> it is neck and neck. We are 50-50 practically. Where do you fall in that, Brooke? I would have said Akatar before I finished Crescent City, but now it's like, if you don't give me Crescent City next, I'm going to be upset. <laughs> I feel like it fits maybe into the next portion of their books. They're going to overcome this great darkness together and explore what's going on between their realms. And then maybe we'll move on to Asriel and his love story. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how you could, I don't know how she can move on from this setting. I don't know how she could literally next year drop Crescent or Akatar 5 and then expect us all to be okay. I really feel like it Are you really- kidding me? She wrote Empire of Storms and then threw Tower of Dawn in the middle between Kingdom of Ash. She don't give a fuck. I mean, that's very true. And I have a point on this later, so stick around. But, but it seems like, you know, when she talks about the characters, it seems like Cass Cassian and Nestor are already married. It seems like it just falls very nicely in between A Court of Silver Flames and Crescent City 3. So I really kind of want this to play out, especially before we get Asriel and whoever the fuck he ends up with, especially if it's like an Elaine book, which I've heard that it could go not Asriel's point of view, but Elaine's point of view instead. I would rather know what the fuck is going on between Bryce and the Inner Circle than maybe what Elaine and all of them are going on with as well. But you know what's really interesting? Elaine was not introduced into this point of view at all. They talk about smelling bread and roses, but she is not introduced. Her character is not there. Well, but she's probably in the back of the kitchen or like out in the garden or some shit. She could be. She could be. <laughs> but she's also, when is she never at home? cooking or gardening i'm still kind of on the evil elaine route i really want that i don't know if she'll do it but if she does awesome however
over. I want the Akatar book. Give me, give me the Akatar book. I don't want Fort Crescent City. Yeah, I want the Akatar book. Okay, but you know what's very interesting? They did not mention Nick at all. There's no baby mentioned. There's no babysitter mentioned. It's like three times in the book, and I wrote this at the very end. Quote: Wary. She doesn't seem happy. She doesn't seem ecstatic. She doesn't seem motherly. She seems wary. Is she still pregnant at this point? Has she had the baby and something has gone wrong at this point? What has happened? Where are we chronologically in this point of view? Because it was not mentioned in A Court of Silver Flames. Could we be after A Court of Silver Flames or could something have been omitted from that book? I need to know because at this point, Cassie and Anesta are definitely together. But we are unsure if Feyre has had the baby at this point. She is not described as being pregnant, but she is also not holding a baby. And there is no baby in this description. So I'm very confused as to where we are in this timeline. I'm too drunk for this conversation. No! Such a good conversation. I really I'm am, though. I'm so passionate about this. That I really good. want Crescent City because I don't know where we are chronologically. And I feel like if we continued on with Crescent City, we would know. I just like Akatar way more. I like A Court of Silver Flames more than I do this book. Oof. Yeah. I like this book more than A Court of Silver Flames, but I like Akatar more than this series. Damn, you like. There's more plot to Crescent City, I feel like, than A Court of Silver Flames. I like all the side plots, majority of them in Crescent City. Dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, the Zootopia thing really fucked me up. Yeah, but you're saying you want you want Agatar before you want Crescent City 3? Even yeah, 100%. though they met at the very end? 100%. Holy fuck. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, boom, bye, yeah. Chapter 38. The mystics are some dark, fucked up shit Athalar had once said. Homeboy was right. Ethan, Bryce, and Therion are like Ouija board partners, for fucking sure. All of them are like, this is a bad, bad idea. And then they have one friend in the group who's like, yeah, don't do it. And then they all turn to each other and they're like, well, we didn't say that it mattered whether it was a good idea or not. Like, we're just gonna do it. So they head over the fire sprites, cough, cough, I mean, the house elves. I mean, the fire spread. We're slaves in this astronomer's lair or whatever. Listen, I choked when the mystics got in their little sensory deprivation tanks filled with blood salt. And let me just quote this for you. Blood salt was made (laughs) from the blood of a laboring mother's sex and blood from a dying male's throat. I'm sorry, but I hate it. (laughs) Why? Who could have just like, we could have just omitted that. I didn't have to know what blood salt was. It's Sarah J. Mass. I I didn't have to know what that was. That honestly. wanted you to know. I'm never going to be able to erase that from my brain (laughs) ever. They were just sitting in like coochie blood and like, (laughs) I just couldn't deal with it. I couldn't. So they'd be looking for Connor, right? Like, well, they got a Prince of Hell instead. Whatever. It's a clusterfuck, of course. And like any good Ouija board partners, they all get pissed at each other when they realize their actions caused them to get haunted, aka by a Prince of Hell. However, that is definitely, <laughs> definitely worse than any demon. Like you just like sit down with a casual Ouija board session and then you end up like getting haunted by a Prince of Hell for the rest of your life. Isn't I mean, that that's your goal. That is my goal. But you know, like... <laughs> 
but for other people, it may not be. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Hunt is cock-blocked by his fearless leader for two weeks, and he doesn't know what to do, even though he cock-blocked himself for thousands of years. And him and Bryce also did three months and three days of celibacy. I'm not really calculating the cock-blockedness, you know? I'm just not. But not on Bryce's watch, no ma'am. Hunt whispers through the static of the phone. Are you wet? Bryce says, I'm soaking. (laughs) That word is forever ruined by the Mormon community. I want you to ride me so hard. I'm screaming. Now, are we fans of phone sex? Yes or no? I'm very vanilla, so I I don't really participate, but like, I'm not against it. I'm not against it, but I, believe it or not, I'm actually not that into phone sex. Like, I could literally be like at the grocery store texting back. It just does nothing for me. Same, same. Also, if it's like via a phone call or a Zoom call, how awkward is it once it's over? Oh, well, I'm going to go be by myself. (laughs) I'm going through a tunnel. Meanwhile, Ethan Holstrom put on his Hogwarts cloak and went to free the house elves. We love a Hermione Granger. You go, Ethan. As he is freeing the sprites, he comes across an alpha wolf that is being held captive. Here's the thing. I love this storyline, but it's being overshadowed by so many other things right now. I really hope we get to see this play out more between like Prime, Sabine, Ethan, this new character that just like plopped out of fucking nowhere. I think we will, but I have a point on this later. And finally, I get to talk about day and night. This is literally what saved the book for me midway through. And if I could have skipped all of the other chapters to just get them, I would have. I knew immediately who it was when Rune says, well, you caught me. I'm ready for my punishment. And she says, I don't think you can handle the sort of punishment I dole out. She is because she a mass murderer and she's known for killing people. Like, what is not Uh, to love? uh, Did you really? Yes. And 100% when Pollux was having sex with her, he pulls her from like the dreamscape and Rune is like freaking out. I was like, ding, ding, ding. We found a winner. We found it. For sure. I did pick up on that. Cormac teleports the crew. It is so ironic that his name looks like Carmax to me now at my current state because he really do be the vehicle, the transport of his team. I had a very hard time visualizing this part of the book because where the fuck were we? Like out in the middle of the ocean? Like that's where I thought we were this entire time. It's not like I was going to flip back to look at the map. I don't even think the map could have helped me. I still would have yeah, been Yeah, I don't honest. know. It was like, I was like out in the middle of the ocean inside a cave. That's where <laughs> I was. All I know is Peppa the Pig starts unleashing on her veneer crew and is like, make sure you cut the head off too. I was like, oh, brutal. Bryce Skull did not like that and turns to Hunt and says, light it up, 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 light it up, 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 light it up, up. Then they get Cormac shot. I mean, instantly homeboy goes down. Like he really do be taking a bullet a lot. And honestly, it was kind of dumb that they didn't really include him in this because he was their way out. Like you don't, if that's your only way out, don't throw them under the bus. Exactly. Rule fucking number one. I'm like tired of it. Then they all get on this lifeboat. I imagine it as a lifeboat that is very 
a very tiny piece of wood like the Titanic with Jack and Rose. And they all (laughs) are just chilling in the water around it, not knowing what to do. I really wanted Therion to do some Incredibles type-ish and like super speed with his like fens on the boat or whatever. And like, they're all hanging on for dear life. And he's like, like, you know, like through the water. And he was useless. useless as fuck which like makes me not trust him they were literally in water his element <laughs> like what why are you a mermaid like why else <laughs> why else i mean you ha- he has to be powerful he works for the fucking queen like he probably could have helped like tank the boat or something i don't know called some dolphins to come in and save the day i'm not sure the hind enters the chat and athelar starts shooting lightning bolts out his forehead and the crew looks at him like he's a motherfucking toaster while they all cling into this titanic piece of wood they are like we are in the oven tonight bitches get ready i even was like wow like the hind for being this torturous like mastermind level is kind of underwhelming for me right now i like wanted to see more but i was like you know she's like she's got to play it cool right now she's got to play it cool her isolating herself and being the only person that comes up to them like really makes sense in the end hunt however is not cool. Hunt is actually trying to get everyone killed. Literally. Now, all of this could have been a fever dream because all of the sudden, a yellow submarine pulls up and the beetles pop out of the hatch and they're like, get in. Uh, actually, they have a British accent. Get in, Lozas. The beetles. <laughs> the yellow submarine. They're like, get in, Lozas. We're going shopping. I can't do a British accent. It is one of my downfalls. Why can't I do it hello get get him hello she said i can (laughs) she said i empathically can tell when someone's trying to kidnap us but i can't make (laughs) a european accent so that's my downfall (laughs) rune was like listen hunt this isn't an episode of the brave little toaster can you chill the fuck out right now with that mate shit and bryce was like that mate what and rune was like that mate shit i can smell it from here bryce is like calm down my human vibrator i'll let you zap me if you're good because you're my mates hunt mate. i hate it so much are you sure we didn't just coin it into existence Bryce, yes, Sky Daddy, you're my mate. I glow for you. My buzz light ear hunt. My power, it could shock you. Bryce, light this pussy up. Impel me. Electrocute me, Zeus Coast, with your lightning rods. Hunt, you like this rod, baby glow stick? Will you shine for me, star princess? Ha 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 ha. Anyways, they fucked so hard. She teleported into the airlock. And here we go. Poor Max girl, Sophie, is dead. How do we feel about that? Because this was just kind of sad. I really didn't expect anything different, to be honest. I saw it coming. It is what it is. It does suck. It is sad. And it is very sad that like the last firebird is gone. So it's like, is that bloodline going to continue as well? I don't know. Unless Emil is lying. That is true. That's a good point.
night. I would lie. I wouldn't trust no fucking body. That's true. Same. And also somewhere where they're under the sea. Day reached out tonight and said, I heard about the attack. I thought you might have been among the ones lost. So again, there was someone for the second time directly at the scene where I could connect the dots with. And I was like, boom. And all right, chapter 48, bitches strap up because this is where I thought we were getting the Amran parallel. A short, curvy female walks in with wavy black hair to her waist. Again, the waist thing, whatever, but black hair with blood red eyes. I think it would be so cool if Amran is a silver dragon because her eyes are silver. And this was her parallel universe self as a red eyed dragon. I saw it fully when she was sitting on the floor reading her book in the Viper Den. And it gave me such Amran vibes from where she was trying to figure out the puzzle of the book in Akawar. And then like another thing is she like has difficulty doing human things. She also was like straight up naked in homeboys houses. And she was like, what? She didn't really understand. All of these kind of correlated to me like drawing this conclusion. But besides that, I also found that it was very interesting that the dragon knows Orion Athalar and her dragon fire can harm the princess of hell. I would love to believe that Amran is a dragon. However, that theory kind of died with this book, at least for me. I see the parallels and I appreciate them and I would love them to come true and I'm still very open to that. But I the new no, theory. She's that like the Asteri or whatever and that's fine. But I'm just like so like I don't give a fuck about this. But it makes so much sense for her to be a dragon because she's like she's so badass and she has that attitude and she collects jewels like it Mm -hmm. really makes sense for her to be a dragon and I would love for her to be that but unfortunately with the facts presented at least in this book I just I don't know if that's I don't know if I can still commit to that theory and I'm upset about it because I really wanted her to be a dragon next Bryce yet again has a secret that she didn't tell anyone that popped up into a plot mender for shock factor and I'm not happy about it remember how I said it wasn't annoying like last episode well I take it back I'm officially annoyed at her and Danica I I liked it in the first book this one I touch on it as well it just grows old and especially after reading Throne of Glass right before this and that's like like all that happens 100% but I do like how she gives kind of like a happy (laughs) moment with Randall and her mom like once we got to the point where we were like oh the kid doesn't even have powers it was like oh 700 pages of this book were for nothing great I'm so glad we focused so heavily on this point yeah we kind of lost like the payoff factor mm-hmm. and then Queen Hypaxia in the bachelor pad what's good she need a big bad wolf to escort her because she don't trust her cousin and Rune was like funny enough I have one and he has not paid rent yet so he is at your service when I found out that Hypaxia and behind are sisters I was I was like, boom, shakalaka, baby. We back in. We back in. I'm going to finish this book strong. Like, that's when I started to become, like, heavily invested. Day and night were kind of floating me through the book. And then once this happened at the same time and I had two plot lines that I were, like, very invested in, I was like, let's go. Let's bring the heat. I'm ready. But but Hypaxia and the Hind, it was talked about how they were related at, like, the very beginning of the story. Yeah, but I didn't really, like, think it was that cool until it was brought up later when I had already 
finally discovered that the hind was associated with room. Okay, yeah, that makes and sense. And then it became this triangle, and I was like, oh, motherfuck. Ooh, like two sisters, one guy. I was like, ooh, I'm back in. Ethan, poor guy, got some major guilt. Even after the Ouija session and the incident, he still is like, let's find a way to talk to my dead brother. Connor, rolling in his grave, rest in peace for a reason. If you know, you know. He's like, listen, I know this is how I'm paying my rent, but can you like wake my dead brother up with them necro skulls? And she's like, yeah, sure. Like, whatever. Let's let's go. We're good. Sideline, the dragon is supposed to come along with them. And she, <laughs> she just dips like the first <laughs> chance she got. Honestly, can't blame her. No. Yeah. But my heart does get like really warm because Ethan like takes his job so seriously. And I can imagine him just like putting on his whole like baseball uniform, getting ready to go out. And he's like, is this too much? Like, I'm not really sure. Like, let's go. <laughs> so Hypaxia and Bryce meet up at this bar and she's like, from your scent, it seems as if you and Hunt have made things permanent. Congratulations. And again, remember how I said I was starting to like it? I take it back. I only like it if it's used between mates, not the entire planet. What do you mean? Like, if it's only used between mates and not the whole planet? What does that mean? If, like, mates can, like, sense arousal off of, like, their mate, fine. But I don't like that they can smell the mingling. Like, other people can smell the mingling of their scents. But that's, that's really traditionally Sarah J. Mass between all series. Well, I didn't start out liking it, and then I started to kind of like it, and then I was like, no, I have boundaries. <laughs> and okay. I don't want the world We're back to, to square know. one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm there with you. Like, I can't, I can't, like, contraindicate that. Like, I really can't. The mate thing, it transcends between Avatar, between Throne of Glass, and now Chris City. Like, this, they can smell the mate thing once they've, like, enacted the bond. The bond never really snapped. There was not a moment where it was like, oh, yeah, they're mates. They're totally mates. Like, where where did it snap for both it, of them? It didn't. It didn't really snap hard. And I was just kind of... Unless it was, like, for at least Hunt in the first book when Bryce was like facing the demons and he like jumped out of the helicopter and like shielded her like I could totally see that because Rice felt the bond snap before Feyre did so like I could kind of get behind that so she's trying to find a diplomatic route to bump Cormac and make Sky Daddy her official mate in future Queen to Queen says I don't know Faye laws but I think the ones who might be able to stop your father are the Asteri ahaha Lisa of your worries, sis. But if you are a princess and he is your mate, that means Hunt Athalar is a prince. So I was going to start this off with, I don't know how I'm this drunk, but I absolutely know how I'm this drunk. I <laughs> blame it on the blue flame moonshine. It'll this is job. horrible. <laughs> Did you eat all your tacos? Yeah. You need to start tacos. slamming back some water. Thing of water, but... I probably, you probably need, need at least three cups. Great. All right. I'm drunk. Chapter 55. Here we go. I wrote, ah, starting on chapter 55, it feels right. Except that Ethan got his throat ripped out and is actively dying. But of course, Bryce and Hypaxia saved the day. Hypaxia shooting her power into Bryce, letting her teleport, and Hypaxia landing the killing blow. 
through the Dementors. I wrote demon, but I said Dementors in <laughs> school before rushing Ethan to the hospital. Oh, and the dragon just flat out dipped. Kind of like you said, just flat out dipped like Baraxis. Maybe they will go and have their own epic love story somewhere else. She didn't else. give a fuck. She's like, bye. I mean, can I blame her though? No. And then Bryce finds out that because she's been using the royal name to call him favors, she's actually accepted her title and her name has been changed from Quinlan to Danan. Obviously, she's pissed. Hypaxia and Therion are friends, which I found really cute. I'm just kind of hitting the high points here, just so you can kind of catch on. But I really found their friendship really cute. Day and Rune make up in their mental outer space area. It feels like shrooms, but... You know, I still love it. What do you imagine their couch to look like? Because they have this couch. I don't really imagine their couch so much as I imagine like they're in outer space. Like I feel like they are surrounded by blackness and stars. And that's kind of what Rune looks like, but he's more defined. And then I imagine Rune's couch just kind of like a normal couch. And I imagine Day's couch like red and velvet and she's just kind of like on fire and there's this this like really short bridge between them if that makes sense but they're in outer space in my mind what about you mine is very similar i kind of like imagine it as like this dome i guess you could say Mm. so the floor is almost like this black pool of liquid that they can walk on and like every single time they walk towards each other like it ripples like from their footsteps and then surrounded by them in the dome is like that star space that you were talking about and then everything is like blanketed so their form are blanketed with that star space including their couch and everything like there's no actual like physical color but like you can see days form like through fire that's like the only thing i really imagine yeah that's really pretty that's really similar they're like meeting again and they decide to meet at the masquerade equinox party in a couple weeks by the garden fountain using a code word chapter 58 two weeks later Hunt and Bryce are all fancy for the party. Cormac escorts her because technically they're still together, even though Bryce and Hunt are officially mated. Once they arrive, Hunt and Bryce greet Celestia and Ephraim, congratulating them on their union when Bryce drops a bomb that she and Hunt are mated. Of course, the whole ballroom hears it. And in doing so, she has defied her father and ended her engagement to Cormac. I felt really bad for Cormac in this moment. Me too, because you know Cormac received wrath from his father because of He this. definitely did. And like, I feel like they easily could have let him in on their plan. There was no and reason. That's, that's all he asked of too. I, I agree. Really fucking shitty. I do too. Then the Asteri show up on a flat screen tv to congratulate the two couples and bryce is like what the fuck how do they already know but then she's like eh, whatever like let's go fuck hunt so they go find a private place to do sexy time and come across a closet but it's locked so they break it down and inside celestina and hypaxia are fucking what did you think of this moment i didn't see it coming really Mm-mm. For some reason, in my mind. So I didn't really see it coming, but I did message the Discord and I was like, I really want Hypaxia and Celestia to be together because they really felt like they felt like they had the same like morals and ideals together. And I felt like they kind of had the same ruling style. 
they also felt very yin and yang, which kind of drew me to them. I'm not really sure how I came up with this conclusion. Like, so many people sent the little eyes emoji, and I was like, what the fuck does that mean? And then <laughs> I was like, why do you think that? And I was like, because they just have so much in common, and yet they're so different. And then when it came true, I was like, oh my gosh, I, like, I can't believe I called that. Like, it was really fun. It was really fun for me. Because I really didn't see it actually coming to fruition. Meanwhile, Rune has snuck off to meet the Princeton girl to his nomad. Do you get that reference? Isn't it perfect? Like, that's exactly what's happening. I love this. I love their whole storyline. There's not one part that I dislike. It was so Cinderella story slash love is blind. So Rune has snuck off to go meet his Princeton girl. But instead, he finds the harpy with the hind not far behind. Hint, hint. So he left to avoid putting them in danger. When he spoke with her during their shroom trip, he explained why he had to leave. She was hurt by his actions and said she saw him there and called him by his name. She's straight up new, bro. This was the moment that I knew. It took me about this long to figure it out. But when the hind was there, I was like, it's not the harpy. But when the hind was kind of like overlooking the situation, I was like, oh, it's totally the hind. And it makes sense that she keeps getting pulled away for sex by some dude, aka the Pollux. Like this is when it would like was totally full circle for me. So good. Quote, you remind me that I'm alive. And she was whisked away to have sex with her mystery man. Bryce and Hunt come home smammered that night to have drunk sex. And then he tied her up. Look, it's not my thing, but teach their own quote. Fuck me like the prince you are, she says. Honestly, I was kind of like in like their kinky moment. Hunt was like, do you want to be kinky? And she was like, yes, daddy. I was expecting her to like, or him to even like pull out her vibrators and no one did. And I was like, why did you even bring it up in the first book where her vibrators were kept if you're not going to like act upon that, especially in this moment? Yeah, that was like one of the things that I wanted to happen. Same. Yeah, I'm having drinking water over there. I've already had some. Okay, this is my second cup. I'll be working on it in a second. (laughs) You need like two more. And when she came, what do you know? She teleported them to the roof of her apartment complex. (laughs) Meanwhile, Ethan and Hypaxia are trying to contact Connor to make sure he's okay, but the Underking comes instead. I don't know. This part kind of got a little trippy and. The underking ended up setting like booby traps around the park force thing that they were like in and then like at some point he just dipped like I didn't really understand it I was kind of upset it's- here same because Hypaxia is supposed to be so powerful and then it's like which well, why does the, the underking thing. come that's the thing like was this done on purpose shut up I don't want it to be <laughs> You know, again, I'm just playing devil's advocate. It's probably not. But like at the same time, I'm like, why? Like, No, why? I know. And I didn't consider that till it just came out of your mouth just now. But I'm upset. But again, <laughs> I was I playing. Because hypoxia. Well, yeah, but I was, I mean, again, and it doesn't help that she's with Celestia. And she kind of right. threw them under the bus at the end. But at the same time, I mean, I was like playing devil's advocate all of our previous Bookaholics Anonymous episode, and that did nothing. Even though I mean, there's still true, things that I That doesn't mean you're like. wrong now. Yeah. That's- Ugh, I hate it. 
I mean, I like that would be really shitty of her for like Ethan to like really wholeheartedly be trying to protect her, even though he kind of failed in the beginning. And then her just like royally screw him over. Like he all he wants to know is if his brother's okay in the afterlife. I mean, I just think that would be really really shitty. I think it'd be kind of a cool plot line, though, because it's interesting how like Hypaxia we see as good as first and the hind as bad when actually the hind is good and Hypaxia could be bad. But that would make me sad because i just want him <laughs> to get everything he deserves which is I know, everything too, but he he didn't even get it here so <laughs> <Fuck>. <laughs> apollo comes back or pa- apollo apollo whatever he comes back and he's like hey i know i've been shady but i'm ready to tell you my secret that i should have just told you from the beginning of the book but i didn't because you had to solve all my nonsensical riddles, but here we are. Basically, he says that the starborn bitch Bryce was descended from was in love with Adias, and they fought together with Hell against the Asteri. And that Hunt was, quote, bred for something. Yeah, this is interesting. I still don't know what it means. We still don't understand Hunt's lineage, which another 800 pages in, I'm still pissed (laughs) that we don't have the details about, but here we are. After this, Bryce starts training how to teleport. And the only thing I want to point out here is that Bryce teleports in front of Therion and Therion kisses her like on the lip. I think I blocked that out because I don't remember that. Gosh, I wish I had the page number to go back and show you. But our alpha hole hunt is just like okay with it. And in fact, he like even laughs when it happens. And that just seems so out of character for Hunt because he was so protective. He was so like... Like, like alpha hole like she describes him like the whole the first two books he really truly is that character and for therion to actually kiss her on the lips when she teleports in front of him and then him just to laugh yeah really didn't sit right with me it feels very out of character I, I think I blocked that out. I really didn't like the way that Therion came on to Bryce all the time. It felt kind of gross. It didn't really bother me because I felt like it was very flirty, very kind of like fun and playful, but not very serious. But oh God, I don't know. I just kind of got tired of it. I don't know what it was. I just started to get tired of it. I think maybe it's because we were starting to see his character in a different light, especially at the end. And so then like, I just kind of really started to dislike it. Yeah. They then get word that the Under King wants to speak with them at some temple. Look, I love Sarah J. Mass and her detail to the lore, but her backstories get really confusing to me sometimes. So I block it out most of the time. Not gonna lie. It turns out, It was a trap and the rebels show up to attack, but Bryce was somehow three steps ahead and tipped off the veneer to their ambush. So it became a fight between them and Hunt and Bryce escaped with Baxian who found the secret exit. I'll talk about this in the discussion, but I was just kind of annoyed at this point. Bryce is still wary of Baxian. And threatens to kill him if he doesn't spill the tea on why he's helping him. This part was so dramatic to me because Baxian literally like rips off his shirt. (laughs) There's like literally a tattoo and it says, love, all is possible. I know I could not take it seriously. I know it was supposed to be serious, but I could not. Same. I just kept going back to like the last episode where you're like, this is like the last time we're going to see this quote, right? And I was like, I hope so. And you were like, yeah, me too. And here it is again. 
Yeah, it's, it's, I hated it's a theme. It so much. It's a theme. <laughs> it's a theme. I'm just like laughing at the fact that it's in Danica's handwriting. Like just with Farah, like she's depicted as like this artiste, you know, like homegirl can paint and we're all like, nah, she sucks ass. And I just like imagine like Danica's handwriting is like Toy Story level handwriting on his body. Like, Farrah's supposed to be a good artist and even still Reese is like, nah. <laughs> Not getting that imprinted on my body. <laughs> it did shock me, however. Like, I did not expect Baxian to be Danica's mate. I didn't expect it either, but I kind of was like, where is Baxian starting to play into this? Because he's obviously off the bat, like from first appearance. And when he kind of like started talking, I was like, he's not bad. You know what I mean? I agree. I agree. I did trust him from the beginning. But I didn't know it would be to this level. Like this is like, wow. Same. Okay, so it shocked me with, like, Baxian being her mate. I did not see that coming. But also, if I were Bryce, like, in this moment that I found this out, I would have been like, okay, enough's enough. Fuck Danica. All these secrets are coming out. And, like, part of me thinks Danica might have just been using Bryce for some reason. And I really, I hate to say it, but I feel like she didn't love Bryce as much as Bryce loved her. It really do seem like that, right? It does. It feels very fake. I would just be so fucking pissed if, like, I found out all this information. Same. But it would be so hard to be mad at your dead best friend. It really would be. I see Bryce's point of view, but at the same time, I just, I feel like Danica wasn't like all in like Bryce was and that fucking hurt I mean it seemed like Bryce was in a place where she was just kind of doing her thing going to her job going to the bar and like Danica was like diving deep I guess she assumed that Danica was like on the same surface as she was during that stage in their life when Danica was really just doing a whole lot I mean did she ever sleep who has that kind of fucking motivation not me bitch again made it seem really unbelievable where's she getting this time if they were together hip and hip all the time and living together they were living together in the same apartment yeah i mean i'd kind of be like what the fuck maybe (laughs) bryce is a heavy sleeper i mean i don't know i don't know i don't know so they escape with baxian and bryce is like okay that's it we're going to the archives danica had too many damn secrets and i'm determined to look into the betrayal and i'm determined to look past the betrayal to find out what she knew because I'm too deep at this point. So before they leave, everyone ties up loose ends. Therion pretty much takes the blood oath with the Viper Queen to break his alliance with the River Queen. This is very interesting. This is very Throne of Glass to me. I don't think it was necessary for him to drink the Viper Queen's blood, but in that moment he was convinced he had to in order to escape his fate with the River Queen. I think he unknowingly took the blood oath. Rune tells Day the plans that they have and says i'm gonna fuck this bitch before i die <laughs> I and then <laughs> and then she is found out and taken prisoner question mark because i completely i don't really understand this and i'll kind of go into this here in a second side note rune has his nipples pierced hmm. that's for everyone to know 
I prefer nipple piercings on females versus men. I don't like it either way, but at the same time, I don't think I know. But could you I'm imagine getting your not. titty pierced? No, absolutely not. Okay, so also no, you need to know this last portion. The titty must be hard, like, and it kind of stays hard for a little bit. Or sometimes I don't think they go unhard. They don't go unhard because I have a friend that has them pierced, and she told me she got them pierced because she had inverted nipples. And so they like rubbed them until they were like hard and came out and then pierced them. And then they're like permanently out and hard for her is what she told me. I don't know how I would feel about that. If I just randomly got my nipples pierced and then it was like, oh, hard forever. Hard for life. I think it's the same way. I think it's the same way with breast implants. I would probably get one pierced and then they would go for the other. And I'd be like, nah, be just you later. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) So again, I'm pretty sure Therion took the blow to out. Oh, we're, we're past that. Okay. So Rune has an... Oh no. So Rune has his nipples pierced and Ethan leaves the group entirely to go rescue the mystic wolf. He goes to the prime and to Sabine and their prime tells him that this wolf is potentially another Fendir heir. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this once. This feels like a kale break from the plot it feels like he's gonna get his own book it does kind of feel like that and i would think that if it wasn't for the fact that there's only four books in this series yeah but do we know that for sure like how how do we know this isn't gonna be a novella if she gives us that before she gives us the continuation of the whole she's not (laughs) like Mm -hmm. she might remember how remember how she Remember how Empire Storms ended and then she just like went off with Tower of Dawn? I would be pissed. I mean, but she made like for CC4, I could see that, but not for CC3. I hope so. I hope so. Because it would be an interesting side plot, but at the same time, if she did that, I would be so pissed, especially with how she ended this book. All right, so let's wrap this up, shall we? So we can get to the good part. Cormac and Therion go to the lab to cause a scene to draw the Asteri out of the castle. Bryce, Rune, and Hunt sneak into the castle while Declan disables the security system. Hunt does something. I don't really know what he's doing. I think he's just kind of waiting there. I don't know. Just be useful or something. He's charging. Please. (laughs) (laughs) charging while rune goes to find day and bryce teleports into the archives okay i have here bryce finds out that the steri are taking a good majority of the first light to provide power for themselves basically they feed off of it so do we want to take a shot or do we want to change around uh, no, you don't need to take a shot okay <laughs> <laughs> we took a shot for taylor thanks taylor <laughs> <laughs> So, like I said, Bryce finds out the Steri are taking a good majority of the first light to provide their power for themselves. Basically, they feed off of it. Then she goes into the library and enters a door marked dust. Inside, she found maps of other worlds. Worlds like... Worlds? Words. (laughs) I'm glad I didn't take that shot. Words like conquered, lost, and terminated written beside them. It felt, okay, sidetrack. It felt like that scene in The Incredibles where Mr. Incredible is like watching the screen of supers who went up up against that robot and it was like terminated, (laughs) terminated. You know what I'm talking about? For sure. That's exactly what it felt like. The music was like playing in my mind too. It was like, da na 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 na. Da na 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 na. 
Regulus, who is like, I don't know, he's like the main bad dude. And then like a 17-year-old's body, which I found really weird. He appears and gives his whole villain monologue for some reason. So basically, here's what he says. He wants to use the horn to reopen the rifts to find more food sources. Danica has been looking into bloodlines to find the meaning of life and instead found their secret. All shifters are fae. There are two different kinds of fae. And the Astery knew Danica was poking around, so they sent Micah after her. After that, Bryce teleported to hunt, but they were both captured and thrown into the dungeon. Chapter 74, the rebels also attacked the lab. Cormac blew it all up with himself inside, and Therion escaped. In the dungeon, Mordok says Hunt's scent is wrong, and it's not like any other angel he has scented before. In comes the harpy to torture them when they are saved by the hind. Okay, so you've already told me that you already kind of suspected the hind from the beginning. How shocked were you on a scale from 0 to 10 in this moment? Not shocked. I was excited. (laughs) Same. (laughs) This is like, oh, this is going to blow up. (laughs) (laughs) Same. So yes, the hind is day, but she's not captured. This is a question mark for me. I still don't get it. She tells Rune in their like last conversation that she was being captured, like she had been caught. But in this moment, it's very obvious that she hadn't been. So had she, had she set them up? Like, I don't really understand what's going on here. Like, what was this whole ruse to say like, hey, like in their last conversation, she was like, oh my gosh, they caught me. It made Rune freak out that she was being tortured in the dungeons. But that's not the case. That's still a question for me. What was the motive there? She was like, they figured it out. I'm being captured. And she made it seem like she was going to be taken to the dungeons. I have to go back and read it to give a formal opinion. I don't know if I read that wrong, but it, and maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. But when I got to this point, I was like, why is she not captured? Why did she make it seem like that she was? And when they get there, she's obviously not. You know what I mean? It seemed very two-faced in some way or another. I don't know. I I still don't know how to interpret it. All right. Pollux comes in and takes them to the throne room. Wings plastered on the wall. Claire better style. Regulus does some more villain monologuing, outing Celestina for ratting them out. She tells Hunt and Rune goodbye. Rune tells her of the prophecy before he says, Long live the queen. Bryce blinded the bright hand and she ran out of the throne room, Kale style, throwing herself into the gate as Hunt was rebranded as a slave. All right, motherfuckers, here we go. (laughs) This is what you all have been waiting for. Hell had grass and mist, a gentle turquoise river flowing past the lawn. A cool male voice spoke above her in a language she did not understand. A strong hand clamped on her shoulder, hauling her up and twisting to face her. Wings. Great black wings. Demon wings. With the male face, grace and lethal. It was beautiful, despite the fact that his hazel eyes had no mercy. Adius, I need to see Adius, she said. With scarred hands, the demon pulled a scrap of black cloth from a hidden pocket in his armor. This is when I knew. This was the point. The scarred hands. That's when I was like, oh my fuck. I know where we are. 
a blindfold. They were flying. A door creaked open, warm air greeting her. He gave no warning as he hauled her over his shoulder and tromped down a set of stairs before entering somewhere smelling roses, bread. She kept asking for Adius, but he didn't understand her. Dark oak floors and furniture, rich velvet fabrics, a crackling fire, books on shelves lining a wall, and through the archway, beyond the winged mail, a foyer and a dining room. The front, that's supposed to be door for some reason, it says food. <laughs> the front door and the foyer opened and multiple people rushed in, males and females, all speaking in that strange language. The petite, dark-haired female with angular eyes like furies drew up short another winged male broader than the other swaggered in a pretty female with gold brown hair at his side bryce began to speak in the only other language she knew the language of the fae of the starborn they noticed the star sword and pointed to her captor's dagger. The dark-haired female replied, no one has spoken that language for 15,000 years. The door opened again. First, a lovely female with the same golden brown hair as the one already standing before Bryce. She wore a loose white shirt over brown pants, both splattered with, that's supposed to be paint. <laughs> her hands were tattooed to the elbows in intricate swirls, but her blue-gray eyes were wary, soft and curious, but wary. The winged, dark-haired male who stepped behind her. Rune? She questioned. The male blinked. His eyes were the same shadow of blue-violet as Rune's. His short hair gleamed in the same black. The male's skin was browner, but the face, the posture, it was her brother's. Bryce pleaded for help, for her mate, for her world. The petite female seemed to repeat Bryce's words to the others. The female with the tattooed hands asked Bryce a question in their language. <laughs> the petite one translated, she wants to know what your name is. My name is Bryce Quinlan. The male stepped forward, tucking in his wings. He smiled slightly. And in the old language, in a voice as glorious as night, hello, Bryce Quinlan. My name is Resend. I was screaming. I was screaming. I have to say. I thought I was kind of like in Hades hell, like in the Greek mythology, like Hades hell, like the beginning. There was grass and mist and a river. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, like that makes sense. Like, okay, they were going Persephone's Hades. And then as soon as they like described Asriel with like the scarred hands, I was like, oh my gosh, we're not in hell. I really wish that I could comment. But I already knew. I hate that so much. I yeah. hate. I I hate that so much. Yeah, it is very exciting though. It's but very I, it exciting just... for where the story's gonna go. For the oh. epilogue, I did not read this after reading the last chapter. I just couldn't. I was so amped up. It was hard for me to sleep after reading that. Even though I low-key suspected it. Basically what happened is that Ethan went and saw the mystic and was like, come with me, you're the alpha, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's going to lead into that storyline. Cannot believe that she went to an epilogue after that. <laughs> I'm so sorry, but no one cares. <laughs> Okay, so before we get into the discussion, I have an ending breakdown here. First, the door she entered was Dusk, which is also the missing court in the Akatar world. 
What does this mean? Is the entire missing court of Dusk in Crescent City as they were sucked into the Asteri world? But there were also doors for dawn, day, and night, which was very confusing to me. Like, when you go back to A Court of Silver Flames, they're like, Dusk is the missing court. But then why would there be other doors for the other courts here? Am I making sense? Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, me neither. I think Bryce's line of Faye is from Perithian and Cormac's slash the wolves are from Teresan from Throne of Glass. My factual evidence here is that Cormac can winnow, but also he's a blonde. So I'm wondering if he's Finrice's descendant. Amran, we know she is old, and we speculated that she was the missing Asteri, or Fury's twin, in the Bookaholics Anonymous episode, but she doesn't speak the language that Bryce speaks when she shows up to the to Perithian, which I found very odd. Our theory was that she was a dragon, and I still think it checks out with her attitude and the fact that she collects shiny things like jewels. But there was a new theory on TikTok that Jada sent me today that she's a thunderbird. And god damn it, I do believe that she was a bird in <laughs> Aquawar before she burned out. <laughs> Man, I want her to be a dragon so bad. Like I want it. <laughs> me too. I literally don't care with whatever evidence you present me. I ignore it and create it in my own head. I want her to be a dragon. <laughs> Same. Same. All right, next. Azrael's sword is obviously the twin dagger to the star sword that they talked about in the first book and lastly reese and rune come from the same bloodline all right jada your discussion okay for my discussion i'm not gonna harp too much but i'm not a fan of the indie 100 final lap books and that's kind of what it felt like it's not the first time that she's done it and it will not be the last it's just something that i have to kind of i guess grow to expect when i like settle down into her books if i'm not in the right mindset it really deters my enjoyment for the book which is probably what happened because i was in no way shape or form like ready to sit down with that kind of mindset at this current time can you elaborate on that a little bit like what you mean by that so basically the beginning of the plot is so slow and it's not paced out consistently and then the last hundred pages there's this huge loop where the plot like picks up so significantly when the rest of the book which it's significant it's a significant amount like 800 pages 700 I would say 750 before that that is a significant amount to kind of like pace the book out and then everything just kind of like slaps you in the face at the end I've never been one to prefer those types of books because I like my plots more spread out and if you want to hit me in the face or punch me whatever it is at the end that's totally fine but I don't like the low lag in the beginning and I felt like the reason for that was because there was like in a sense some world building still going on even in this book like in the very beginning yeah there definitely was I do feel like it kind of was the same pacing between this book and the first book which really didn't surprise me that much but I agree there was something about the first book that was more enticing than the second book and then it was 
was just kind of like the last hundred pages, like you said, kind of slapped me in the face. She does it a lot. And then, I mean, it adds stars to my rating. It bumps up in the last 100 pages for a lot of her books where I'm like, oh, this is kind of like three stars or, oh, this is kind of like four stars. And then for example, like Queen of Shadows, where it just gets boom at the end where we've just kind of been like trotting along for like X amount of pages. And then I'm like, ooh, up a star, up a star. And like, you know, a lot of people love that about her books and that's great. It's just not something that I prefer. Mm-hmm. I sympathize with that. Yeah. yeah. Baryon's plot line, I was not really happy with because I don't know what he's doing, man. And he kind of like, he doesn't necessarily feel different, but at the same time, he feels different in this mm-hmm. book. And I don't really know what to do with that. I'm very interested on what happens with the Viper Queen. Like, I hope it kind of goes a darker route and I'm a little bit excited for that. So we'll see. And maybe mm-hmm. like this was foreshadowing like the darker storyline. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. Now... Let's talk about the mating bond. I really don't want to because we kind of already talked about it. But this is what kind of murdered the book for me in cold blood is because of how they spoke it into existence. And I said this earlier, but why did I like A Court of Silver Flames more than I did this book? You're going to get some spoilers here. So if you haven't read A Court of Silver Flames, you need to skip it like for a good 15 seconds. But Nesta and Cassian's mating bond blew this book out of the water in comparison. Comparison, in my opinion, even though there was like already some premise, just like Hunt and Bryce, that the mating bond could potentially be there. There was more buildup. There was more chemistry. I don't know what happened with like the whole Bryce and Hunt situation. Maybe it was because it was more broke out, like spoken into existence. But to me, the magic was lost somewhere and I felt disconnected. I wanted that magic like with the mating bond, whether it was with Hunt or with someone else. Please understand that. Like I was not against Hunt being her mate. However, if there was someone else that was going to give me that magic, I was going to take it and strangle it because that is what I love about Sarah J. Mass's books. I wasn't even a huge fan of Roan and Aelin. They just weren't my priority in comparison to some of the other characters that I was more interested in in their plot line, for example, Throne of Glass. But their mating bond I preferred more. They were more enemies to lovers, Nesta and Cassian. But I will agree there was something about and I, I you know I've I've said it before I do love Hunt there was something about him that was diminished in this book I do feel like this book was a lot less cozy I felt like the plot didn't captivate me as much. And so I kind of lost that spark between Bryce and Hunt that I had in the first book. But there was just something about when they were kind of like, oh yeah, we're mates. They were just kind of like, like I just said, oh yeah, we're mates. Like it wasn't like, holy shit, we're mates. You know what I mean? Like there, and I don't necessarily mean that there needs to be an enemies to lovers plot like there was with Cassie and Anesta. It just feels very underwhelming with Bryson Hunt. I was just trying to make the comparison that I made it pretty clear that A Court of Silver Flames was not a book for me. It was nothing really that was like necessarily wrong with the book. I just had hesitancies towards the book that made me have like kind of like this wall between me and that book, which made it difficult for me to read. Despite all that, I still prefer Nesta and Cassian's mating bond in a sense after overcoming all of that for me to be able to to enjoy the book over Hunt and Bryce and that is kind of 
disappointing for me. But it is what it is. We cannot go back. It is written. (laughs) (laughs) And that is what Sarah J wanted. So that's what we get. I thought this was very interesting. It was a very brief mention, but I automatically thought of this connection when I read this. It's on page 188 in the book. Bryce said, forcing me into marriage seems extreme. And then there was, it's the only currency I have. My breeding potential, Rune snorted. He and his cousin had more in common than he'd realized. Why do you need access to me? Because you can speak mind to mind, can you not? It's how you and your friends survived in the cave of princes during your ordeal. You fought as if you were of one mind. You never told my father, but he suspected. I suspected. It's a rare starborn gift, a skill a fine needed badly. Rune said, what about your cousins, the twins? They can speak mind to mind. They're not trustworthy. You know that. I made the connection automatically to the disgusting twins who wanted to fuck each other in Akatar. oh shit yeah incest like oh there they are <laughs> <laughs> so moving into my discussion let's see talked about that i liked the first book's plot more by far but I liked book two because I was more attached to the characters. So basically the first book for me was plot driven. The second book was character driven for me. The second book didn't draw me in as much as the first book did. But I wanted to continue reading because I am attached to these characters. Mm-hmm. Therian's subplot was The Little Mermaid. Jada has kind of like kind of touched on this a little bit. She was like part of your world and like that is so like I made I made this point in the discord so like a week ago like it is so little mermaid yeah because he's like like, I want to be where the people are are. yes and I'm pretty sure he's supposed to have red hair yeah he does in his character description it's so aerial it's not even funny I also think Therion and the dragon are gonna be they're gonna be a couple that would be so cool i'm totally down for that because they're both like under the viper queen now they're fighting in the pit maybe they'll go up against each other and fall in love cormac gone too soon rip (laughs) that's what i wrote there i hope he winnowed the fuck out i don't want him dead yeah, same. And the Underking says he doesn't know Jezeba by that name. He mm-hmm. knows her, but not by the name of Jezeba. Mm-hmm. I still think she's our Lilith character, for sure. I wrote here, Bryce pulling plans out of her ass is officially annoying. It was fun and cute in the last book, and I understood why she might not have trusted Hunt with everything at that point, because maybe she didn't trust him. But not at this point. Not at this point where they're calling each other mates, they're fucking, they're getting very intimate. She conveys to us as the readers that she trusts him wholly and yet we find out like 700 pages in that she's kept this huge secret that we've been trying to uncover ourselves this entire plot and hunt didn't even know like where's the trust how can you call this person your mate and you don't trust him this wholly for just this person that you barely even know that you're trying to protect it did not make sense to me it was it was disappointing honestly yeah, I agree with you. Next, Bryce will have to die at some point. There are too many unanswered questions about her afterlife. 
they're totally going to have to destroy the bone quarter at some point. And then I said, if Danica is not in the bone quarter and had no second light to give to the gate, could she still be out there somewhere? I hope not. I'm mad at her. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) (laughs) Then I wrote, I also love Danica, but the amount of secrets this girl was harboring keeps continuing to grow. And it becomes a bit unbelievable, at least for me. So when you say Bryce has to die at some point, like how soon is some point? And do you Um, mean like she just dies and comes back to life or what? I think that she's going to die. We're going to see kind of what the afterlife is like for someone who has no, gosh, I guess no second light to give, which makes me think that maybe she's going to die and see Danica. And then Hunt and, like, basically her cadre are going to come after her and try and bring her back. And maybe bring them both back at the same time. And then they're also, at some point, going to destroy the Bone Quarter because there's no way they're going to allow all the souls forever to keep feeding into the gate and just be obliterated. I wrote here, lots of telling and not showing. I guess that's how the last book was, too, but I was so invested in the plot, I didn't care. And then we talked about this in the first episode. The cover doesn't make fucking sense. Neither does the title. The cover makes sense, I guess, because Hunt's on it. Like, he's in the story. But the But, like, the whole half and half thing, we didn't even get any, like, insight to his lineage like I thought we were going to. To explain the cover. Why is he Mm. half demon, half whatever? Yeah, who knows? Maybe because he is half demon, half whatever. I do not You're in the ocean for like 50% of the book. Yeah, they were like either under the water or like stranded out in the middle of the ocean. Therion was literally like under the sea the whole time. But if Therion sold his fucking soul to the Viper Queen and now he's not even going to be underwater for the next book, who the fuck are we going to follow underneath underneath the water for House of Many exactly. Waters? Exactly. I don't, I don't understand... <laughs> My last point, the first wars that they talk about in the first couple of chapters of the book, which we now know what those are after reading the last couple chapters of the book, they sound like the wars from Akatar and Throne of Glass. Now I'd have to go back and elaborate on that because I did find some specific points and I pointed out in the Discord and our Discord peeps were like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think about that. That makes so much sense, especially with like the information provided in the book. About those wars, it does seem very similar. Maybe I'll go find the page numbers for you eventually, but not tonight because I'm tired. (laughs) But it does. If you're very interested, go back to the chapters where Bryce Hunt and Bryce's parents go to the ballet and they're like looking at the statues. It's literally like the first couple chapters of the book. All right, Jada, how drunk are you? Negative two. Oh, fuck. I don't know what happened. It's definitely not the pepperonis. I did have water. (laughs) (laughs) How is your water? My water is good now. I was definitely like a seven. Now I'm like a 3.5 to four. Okay. So to prevent your curve, when you hop off of here and then you start getting to the point where you go, oh, I'm fine. And then it goes, and then you're like, Jada, I'm throwing up. (laughs) Like take another <laughs> cup of water. Okay, <laughs> I will. <laughs> okay. How do you rate the book? I-, I saw your rating, actually. It's not a surprise. I saw yours too. Um <laughs> <laughs> I rated it a four. I still I still really enjoyed the book. It wasn't close to 
how I felt about the first book, but I still enjoyed it. Um, I saw the connections. I also saw the deficits to where, like, where the fuck did we go from book one to book two? But I still enjoyed it. And I, again, it was more character driven for me for this book. And the end really saved it for me. How about you? I also rated it a four. I, again, the last 100 pages literally saved the entire book. I think it was like sitting around a three for the first 700 pages. And then the last 100 pages, like really just amped it up. I mean, I will say like I hold SJ to like almost like a higher standard. You know what I'm saying? Like she obviously is talented at what she does. There's no fucking denying that. Like, even though I'm not happy with like how some of the character lines have played out and the plot points, that doesn't mean I don't respect her, like, and what she has chosen to do with the characters. Like, she knows what she's doing. I don't know how she writes a fucking 800-page book at all, at all. I'm most looking forward to the Hind and Rune. Ethan's storyline is just so compelling to me. I don't know what it is, but she put crack in it, and I'm following it. Wow, more than, like, the whole Reese thing that happened at the end? Yeah, Damn, not me. That's what I'm most looking forward to is the crossover. (laughs) I mean, understandably so. Yeah, for sure. You want to do the pod forecast? So for our next pod lineup, we are diving back into Zodiac Academy. We are going to be doing the second book in the series. These are very easy reads, fun to follow. Like you don't have to think hard at all (laughs) to finish these books. And like, it does it get a little uh-huh like long yeah it kind of does but like that's part of the enjoyment factor for some reason you just have to keep <laughs> going and keep just treading through now the discord has like really scared me because they like act like they're fucking devastated with this last book that came out but honestly me and Brooke could use a little devastation we always bitch and complain about how we're not devastated so I really hope it lives up (laughs) to par and devastates the fuck out of us I'm probably gonna listen back to this audio and we're gonna be like fuck you Jada Take it back, but it is what it is. So if you want to join us along for the ride, we are covering it all year long. You can start reading Zodiac Academy. For our socials, we are Booked and Boozy Podcast on Instagram. That is where we are most active. That is where we post all of our polls, all of our updates, and we respond to all of our DMs. It may take us a hot second to get to you in the DMs, but I promise we will respond to you when we can. And make sure you check us out there. We are Booked and Boozy Pod on TikTok. Please, if you do not follow us already, go ahead and check us out there trying to get to 10K. We are almost there. So go ahead and give us a follow. We are Booked and Boozy on Twitter and Patreon. I pretty much just shit post on Twitter, but it is so much fun just to interact with you guys over there and talk about so many different things, um, books, fandoms, um, all of the above. It is a shit storm but it's great on patreon you can follow us there for all of our different tiers including witching hour shout outs discord access finally we are booked in boozy at gmail.com send us your witching hour content pregnancy clairvoyance whatever it may be hit us the fuck <laughs> up <laughs> <laughs> bye bitch bye bitch